0: Well, here's some delightful news for you. You're going to die one day, and maybe sooner than you'd like. And when that day arrives, and you're laying in hospital attached to a machine that goes beep, 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 all the nonsense that you worried about and all the crap you accumulated in your feckless pursuit of happiness will mean exactly naught. Instead, you'll wonder what all the busyness was for, why you rushed from one deadline to the next, why you failed to live before you died. In the back of your mind, possibly for decades, you'll have thought, I'll get my finances sorted, I'll find some time to appreciate life and smell the roses a bit more. But, like many of us, you'll have retreated to old habits because it was just too hard and there was always so much to do. In this moment, you'll become living, or rather dying, proof that your time was limited, that one day the music would stop. G'day, it's Peter, and welcome to Office Anywhere, a podcast about working and living on your terms, whether that's cutting code on the deck of a Balinese villa, crafting ad copy from a cafe in Portland, Oregon, or building websites from a home office in Melbourne, Australia. If you've had enough of the daily commute and the limitations that working in an office imposes, or you're already working remotely, but you want to explore some of the doors that it opens for you, then this is the podcast for you. To learn more about Office Anywhere, just go to officeanywhere.co. I'm 51 years old, and like most people my age, I've done too much of the wrong work and wasted too much money on the wrong things. It's taken me years to learn that all the busy work I courted didn't make me more important and all the crap I bought didn't bring lasting pleasure. Maybe you're waking up to this too. You're slowly realising that while a lot of the things that you do seem important, they just aren't. Here's how I see it today. If the work that I'm doing each day doesn't resonate with who I truly am, or who I wish to be, then I'm squandering time. And if it pulls me away from the things I value most, which are my family, my freedom, peace of mind, my health, or my natural talents and passions, well, it borders on theft. On the subject of important work, though, don't confuse unimportant with necessary. There will always be plenty of tasks that don't feel important, but remain necessary To achieve the impact we seek, even doing something you love for long enough becomes a job. The fact is, if the necessary work you do is an essential part of your important work, it matters just as much. You shouldn't resent it, you should embrace it. But crap is only crap, just the shades vary. Finding your purpose and the work to go along with it can take years or just a moment. Sometimes it appears when our guard is down like after our third espresso martini on a tropical island, or following a life-changing crisis. The trouble is, these events are rare and fleeting, and the daily crap we deal with blinds us most of the time. It's this crap that I want to help you hose away, because underneath it all, the path you seek awaits. So let me share some of the common culprits that consume our time, and therefore our lives, plus some practical tips to wash them away, or at least minimise the stench. The first is email addiction, and here are some of my suggestions. Never leave email running in the background. Switch off all the alerts, and if possible, remove it completely from your phone. How productive can you be when someone's tapping you on the shoulder every few minutes going bing in your ear? Turn it off. The world won't end. You'll get a lot more done, and you'll do it faster, and it'll be of high quality too. Second tip is never check your email first thing in the morning. Instead, decide the afternoon before what your three most important tasks are for the following day and spend at least two or three hours on the first one before you check your email. I typically start my day around about 6am and I don't check email until 9.30. Never check email just before you finish work for the day. It creates tension and nervous back of mind distraction um, and it can really impact your evening and possibly the quality of your sleep too. Limit yourself to somewhere between, say, two and four checks a day, and that's it. I check my email mid-morning, mid-afternoon, and no less than an hour before I finish for the day. The only exception is when I have a time-sensitive project that is underway that day. And the last one is to stay away from email on the weekends unless it's absolutely necessary. All right, another thing that takes an enormous amount of our time, depending on the kind of work that we're involved in, is crappy clients. 20% of your clients probably deliver 80% of your income. It's the old 80-20 rule. Now, it could be 70-30, it could be 60-40, whatever, but the vast majority of the people that you deal with contribute the least amount to your um, to the outcomes that you're seeking. So, focus on the 20%. Delight them at every turn and show them how important they are. Sometimes the best thing you can say to someone, especially clients, is No. We spend so much of our time at work, the least we can do is use that time efficiently, effectively, and with people who actually make our work enjoyable. Focus on the 20% or 10 or 30, whatever it is, the ones who respect your work and who are happy to pay you for your talents. Then recommend an alternative person or business to serve the others. You'll sleep better, you'll enjoy your work more, and you'll deliver better results for those you serve. In all likelihood, you'll end up earning more as well because those 20 percenters will refer others to you who are just like them. Here's another big one, television and eye devices, mobile devices. I shouldn't really need to explain this one. The average Australian watches over three hours of TV every day. Americans watch over five hours a day. That's nine years of TV in their lifetime pay tv has seen rapid growth in recent years especially and i-device consumption tablet mobile phone that sort of stuff has outgrown pay tv by a huge margin here are a couple of sobering stats from youtube which i just updated yesterday youtube's now got over 1.3 billion users about a third of all people on the internet youtube overall and even youtube on mobile alone reaches more 18 to 49 year olds than any cable network in the u.s And growth in watch time on YouTube is up at least 60% year on year. That's massive growth. And almost 5 billion videos are watched on YouTube every single day. So we're passive, lazy content consumers. And the cost is a lot more than the streaming service or the internet plan that you pay for each month. It's your time. Don't waste it consuming stuff. Do something instead. Here's another big one. Consumerism. Now, if you had to leave your city or town tonight and never return, what would you take with you? I'm betting that only a small handful of items would make the cut. You know, I sometimes fantasize about coming home to find our house burned to the ground. It'd be inconvenient, yes, I know, but it would also be enormously liberating. All those things that I've struggled to let go of would be taken away from me in an instant. The decision would be made for me. How wonderful would that be? I know some people I've told this to, cringe at the thought, how could you possibly find that liberating, losing all those things you've accumulated over the years? Photo albums, you know, special mementos and stuff like that. The thing is, it's all just stuff. Everything that means anything is inside my head already. And the people who mean anything to me, well, of course, providing they're safe, that's enough. Starting with a clean slate, devoid of the crap that I've accumulated, I think would be incredible. Yeah, sure I'd probably miss a couple of things, but you know, even sitting here now, I can't really think of anything in particular that I would miss enough to cause me concern. I mean, insurance pays for the stuff that I need. Um, and everything else, well, I experienced it at the time, I enjoyed it when I received it at the time. But, you know, if we're honest with ourselves, it's rare that we dig out old mementos and sit around and look at them. So long as my family and the the people I care about are safe, that's all that really matters to me. The things we don't actively use and the things that don't deliver true pleasure eventually own us. They become a subtle intrusion into our subconscious. And that's why spring cleaning and purging unwanted stuff is such a satisfying experience. It lightens our psychological load habitual consumption of consumer products is never a road to happiness or financial success that's for sure to purge and simplify is the high road to wealth and enlightenment and peace of mind listen to roger water's song amused to death indulgences like fashion fancy toys expensive dinners and new shiny syndrome all conspire to keep you on the endless treadmill of working to consume here's another thing that can consume an enormous amount of time and energy, the wrong people. Now, this is a bit of a touchy subject because we usually don't choose our friends. They're friends of circumstance, people we meet through common interests, activities, or third parties, other people. But if you understand that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with, then it's incumbent on you to be vigilant about who is setting your life's agenda. The same goes for family members, well-intentioned as they might be. If you want to spring clean your life, you need to examine your influences because they have a huge impact on the expectations you set for yourself, the beliefs you hold, and the deci- decisions you make. I see this time and again with members of my extended family and uh, friends and colleagues. What a huge impact it has when people associate with the wrong people. It's an automatic reaction that to assimilate with a group that we dumb down our beliefs, our expectations, our habits, and the limits that we set for ourselves. Finally, less crap pays you twice. Eliminating the crap in your life, the things that rob you of your time and your hard-earned money, rewards you on two fronts. First, you'll have more time to enjoy your life and all the things that truly matter. And second, you'll have more money to put into the things that enrich your life. I'm an advocate for learning how to invest wisely. Invest your time in your family and your heartfelt passions and invest your money in growth assets that can deliver peace of mind now and freedom into the future. It isn't rocket science, but the second part, learning about money, does require education. It's not something you should leave solely to others because no one cares more about your financial future than you do. So you need to get educated on this. There are two people that I recommend highly for this and I've read an enormous amount and practiced a huge amount when it comes to making and investing money. The people I recommend are Michael Yardney. Michael Yardney is an Australian uh, property investment specialist with decades of experience and he is a very conservative investor and a very straight talker. I've relied on Michael's advice for quite a few years and um I've never once had cause to second-guess Michael's philosophy on investment or his recommendations. And the second is Tony Robbins. Now, a lot of people will know Tony Robbins for his huge live events and his uh, extremely extroverted persona, but Tony is also a huge expert on money and investing and the basic principles that all of us should learn about how to treat money, how to invest in the stock market and that sort of stuff. And his principles are very simple and very easy for anybody to follow. So Tony's written a couple of books in recent years on money and I recommend that you look for those and learn from Tony. Both of these people, Michael and Tony, have made a significant contribution to my financial well-being. So take the time to learn what you need to know. Step forward methodically as a student of the subject and reap the benefits for yourself. Don't rely on other people to do it for you. In the end, I guess it all boils down to this question. How long do you have? Your life is happening right now. It won't begin at some mythical mile marker in the future you've heard this before dozens of times probably that the best time to plant a tree is 10 years ago and the second best time is today so resolve to cut all the crap from your life and set out on a new path towards the one that you seek i can promise you that the mountaintop is far less crowded than the valley below and the view is much better too Anyway, that's enough from me for this week. Thanks again for hanging out with me on the podcast. As I mentioned before, if you want to read the post that goes along with this and follow a couple of useful links um, within the post, just go to officeanywhere.co slash 91. And until we chat again next week, here's to working and living on your terms. Catch you then. See ya.